And this episode is brought to you by Die Real Estate and Land Company. They are the real estate agents based in Northwest Ohio that are the go-to company for people who enjoy the rural lifestyle and are looking to buy and sell some property. The whole team is amazing. I've used them in the past. Uh, I'm partial to Jaylene myself for obvious reasons, but uh, they're all there for you whenever you need them. If you're in the market, just drop them a line at info at diarealestate.com. That's info at dyerealestate.com. And don't forget to tell them, support your local podcast sent you. Hello, I'm Robert T. Smith, host of Support Your Local Podcast. I want to take a moment to remind you to hit that fast forward button. That is, unless you want to hear about something good being done. Anyone who knows me knows that I love bowling. In 2016, I founded the Smith Family Bowling Scholarship Foundation, intended to honor my father's hard work and dedication to community service and award scholarships to youth bowlers throughout the nation. To date, we've awarded well over $15,000 in scholarships. If you are a bowler, know a bowler, have ever seen a bowler, or heard about anyone who has ever seen a video of a bowler, I'd love for you to help promote the SFBSF and its mission. Please go to sfbsf.com and see what we're all about. While you're there, please consider hitting that donate button and helping us make a brighter future for our youth. Again, that's sfbsf.com. Thank you for your time. I now declare the quick draw competition open. Howdy, everyone. Pull up a chair, kick up your boots, take a sip on a nice cold brew. It's a quick in the pod, the season two episodes of Support Your Local Podcast, where we take a look at the 1995 Western classic by Sam Raimi, The Quick and the Dead, one chapter at a time. I am your host, as always, Robert Smith, coming to you from beautiful Tombstone. Yes, that one. Today, we're going to take a look at chapter 24, Beating Preacher. Uh, but before we do, as always, we're going to take a look at one of our, our cast and crew and take a deep dive into their career, uh, movers and shakers of the movie, if you will. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at our beloved Ratsy character, uh, played by Rain or Shine, yes, pun intended, in a little segment that I like to call, Put My Damn Name on the Board. Put my damn name up. Welcome once again to Put My Damn Name on the Board. Today, we're taking a look at our lovable, sinusly challenged Ratsy. Born Rainer Johnson. He chose a stage name to be a play on word for, rain or shine. It, to me, sounds like it would be the name of a Bond girl in the Roger Moore or a lesser Pierce Brosnan era movie. When do you do it? Rain or shine, I can hear it now. Anywho, he is very much a bit part kind of guy. Maybe not one that we recognize immediately like we ran into with our season one folks in Support Your Local Sheriff. But there are definitely some roles I remember when looking at his IMDb. Starting in 1979, judging by the names of these roles, he is very much typecast for his look. He's not necessarily bad looking, or having any type of unique feature, but he has the naturally smaller frame, and sharper facial features that leads to, well, a Ratsy-type character. 
In a stranger is watching, he's a derelict. In nothing lasts forever, he's a hillbilly. He's in nine and a half weeks, no mercy, funny farm. Then the first time I would know him, and admittedly I didn't know him as the same guy, I just remember this role, so when I saw it on IMDb it was one of those. Oh yes, 1990s Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. This was obviously before we knew what we know now, so forgive me for bringing up such a despicable human being. But Rayner was the Satanist cab driver that inadvertently semi-kills Bill Cosby, making him the titular Ghost Dad. In 1991, he is a thug in Naked Gun 2 and a half the smell of fear. Depending on where you look for his credits, he may be listed as, you're standing on my groin, thug. Also in 1991, he's the sheriff in Fried Green Tomatoes. In 1992, he's in My Cousin Vinny with Joe Pesci. The man previously mentioned in having the most disturbing sex scene with our lead Sharon Stone, still hurts. In 1994 he plays Woodstock in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's the hippie computer guy that helps Ace out. That takes us here to 1995 where he is poor old Ratsy. In 96, he's a maintenance worker and gas station attendant in First Kid and Last Man Standing respectively. He's also half mole in Extreme Measures, so you kinda see the type casting start to kick in big time. He's in Blair Witch 2, The Rookie, Tranamerica, The Sentinel. Man of the Year, he plays Beanpole Burton in Steven Spielberg's Lincoln. So, long story short, for someone who is in such kind of bit parts, and that is in no way disparaging that term. Props to him for having constant work for a little over 40 years now, anyways, he's worked with some of the big hitters, not just in fellow actors, but directors. Good career. Great character actor. Take some time to check out some of these great movies and see if you can spot the rat C. Until then, this has been, put my damn name on the board. Add my name to the list. Attaboy! And we're back. Uh, let's get started with chapter 24, Beating Preacher. We, we start our chapter with Ratsy's broken-nosed face filling the screen, which, lovely. Uh, no offense to Mr. Mr. Rain or Shine, but... He, he throws a punch to the camera, which then swirls around for us to see that it's, it's actually Court that he's punching. And another blow hits and the, the camera continues to swirl. He lands yet another and we, we cut to a side view and it's, it's Court sitting at a table rocking back from the blue. And Ratsy pulls the chains on Court's wrist and it brings him to lay across the table. He claims that Cord has broken his nose twice, uh, for those at home keeping track. So let's look at our, our leaderboard. Bing! Cord's arms are pulled out in front of him. And picture, if you will, if, if, if looking like Crow is doing, it, it looks like uh, Russell Crow is doing the, um, oh, the, uh, the, the we're not worthy from Wayne's World. The rest of it, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Um, and uh, Ratsy takes the butt of his gun and he brings it down hard. And here's my first nitpick of, of the episode. Get, get, get ready. Maybe they shouldn't have used the side view shot of this. 
And uh, maybe they should have just done another quick cut. I, I mean, it's not like Raimi's afraid to use those techniques. But something that sticks out every single time I watch this is that Ratsy brings his gun down and he strikes the table in front of Court's hand. And I mean, he misses it by a lot, like a mile. And it is, it is pretty obvious. And this is something I even noticed long before I started doing a deep dive. You know, this, this didn't come from the show. I've noticed this probably since the first time I've ever seen it. But uh, regardless, much like wrestling, uh, Court still has to sell the injury. You know, even, even if you botch the move, even if you whiff him on the, the shot, uh, it's far worse to, uh, to no-sell than it is to, to go, you know, go with the flow. But uh, So he has to still sell it, and he has to sell the injury. Note, keep this in mind, because this will come back up. Um, the injury is to Court's left hand. Remember that. Left hand. Um, Ratsy, who is, is super proud of his work, he, he walks off telling the preacher, good luck having a quick draw. So uh, we see that the rig is in. You know, they're, they're, they're stacking the deck against him in, in regards to the fight with Herod. So we'll see how that pans out. We cut to the outside where we see it's, it's almost dark. And there's a, a cut to Herod. And he's sitting in his undershirt. And he, he has that rug thing draped over his, his shoulders. And he's filing a piece for his, his gun. And I... I assume that this in gun terms is, is filing the action question mark. Um, I admittedly don't know the inner workings of a gun. I know how to shoot them. Um, but other than that, I don't know the, the pieces. Uh, my only frame of reference and why I mentioned the filing, the action is it, it takes me back to Rio Bravo. And when the Dean Martin character starts to sober up, he's given, um, Stumpy's gun, to, to go out and, and do his, his tour of guard duty. Um, and he mentions, uh, he asked Stumpy if he can file the action on his gun because it's a, a stiff draw and Stumpy gets very upset. No, I don't want you to file no action on my gun. Uh, he, he's afraid it'd be too loose and shoot his, shoot his foot or shoot his, his fingers. Also, I assume that this is the mechanism that allows you to either draw the hammer back or, or pull the trigger to, to get it to, to release, um, and by filing it down, it makes it quicker to, to do that. So uh, my only frame of reference, if you know what I'm talking about, um, if I'm just full of shit, uh, let me know. Hit me up in the comments. Hit me up uh, at uh, SUP, your local podcast at uh, Gmail. But um, Herod has his spectacles on and he's muttering to himself. And it's a nice touch to see him look as older and more feeble than, than we've seen throughout the movie. If you, uh, if you weren't sure of the movie you were watching and, and just seeing this image, you'd think it, it may be a much cooler version of A Christmas Carol. And Scrooge is, is sitting there getting strapped to, to take on these ghosts, which, hey, I'll say it, better movie. Um, I, I would pay to see a Gene Hackman uh, Christmas Carol movie. I, I, I said it. Um, I don't know how he would pull off the, the redemption arc and being the nice guy at the end. Um, there would probably still be some malevolence in, in his look. Um, but Hey, I would, I would do it just to see the, the Scrooge version. The, the shot pulls away and Herod has his gun belt and, and guns strewn across the, the table. And I wonder if this is his regular pre-fight ritual 
or if he's only doing this to take his mind off of things. And, you know, after all, let's, let's, let's put this into perspective as a, as a human being. He shot and killed his alleged son today. And he knows that he's about to face someone that he sees as his equal in the morning. So you'd think since he hates getting up at dawn so much that he'd he'd be getting some sleep. But as he throws the piece of the gun down in disgust, you can see that things are really starting to get to him. Um, It's also a nice touch as for a moment, it looks like he's confused on how to put the gun back together. And he's maybe throwing it down in frustration, which leads me to a theory. Does he not know how to do this himself? Um, did, did he always have the kid do it for him and now he's gone thoughts? I'll let you debate amongst yourselves. Please become master debaters. We, we see a bodyguard in the clock tower looking on at a beautiful 5:15 AM dawn. And then uh, there's a cut to a coffin leaning on a post at, at the undertaker's and the streets are completely silent as Herod is handed his gun belt by one of his guards as they're they're walking up the street from his house. From the the opposite direction, Court is being escorted by Ratsy and two other guards, and they get to within a few feet of each other. So there's a nice little uh, almost prize fighter showdown feel to it. It's not uh, the 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 long shots of the two of them across the street from each other. You know, a uh, yard, a hundred yards away. They're they're right there in each other's face. So it's a nice little difference for the for the, for the main event, if you will. You know, you you know, you almost imagine Pat Hingle in a tuxedo doing the the Michael Buffer voice. But um, before he can say anything, Harry looks down at Russell Crowe's hand. And he notices the bleeding and bruising that isn't his, uh, his normal shackle burns on his, on his wrist. And for those that are paying attention, an interesting note. And, and remember, I told you this would come back up. When Ratsy supposedly smashed Court's hand, it was his left one. And that's another thing that's always caught my attention because I know that Court has done everything so far with his right hand. And you see his right hand while the other one is smashed before Ratsy walks off, and it's not it's not damaged. We see a glimpse of the left hand when Crow and Hackman approach each other, and it's not damaged. So Ratsy, by hitting the table in front of his left hand, hit it so hard that it sent shockwaves through Court's left hand all the way through his body and it manifested into a broken right hand. That's the only way I can figure it out. It is in no way a continuity issue by, by our beloved Mr. Ramey. Herod is visibly disgusted at this and he asked who did it. And when Ratsy proudly takes ownership of it, Herod tells him that he's ruined the contest and he has 20 seconds to leave town. So Ratsy wastes valuable time explaining that he only did what Mr. Herod asks and when Herod gives the update uh, that it's that he's now at 15 seconds, we get a great visual gag of Ratsy almost doing the the Vince McMahon gulp take before running off. It's it's just a nice little nice little Ramyism right there. But um, poor Ratsy, he he instead of diving into a building or around a corner, he does the straight beeline, which you know if you don't know by now, guys, zigzag 
always, always zigzag, bob and weave, bob and weave, never, never do the straight line. Um, and no, and no, he goes right towards Herod's house, no less. So just to follow this train of thought about Ratsy, we'll, we'll get back to what Hackman does in a second, but he gives Ratsy a full 30 seconds longer before grabbing the rifle from one of his guards and shooting Ratsy in the back. We see that in the 30 seconds since he last saw him uh, running off, he's made it about 10 feet. Just poor, poor, poor Ratsy. He, he hits the ground. Um, so back to where Ratsy first runs off. Herod, ever the sportsman, he, he offers to draw left-handed to make it fair. Um, but he mentions, unfortunately, that he's actually as good with his left, unlike Ace Hanlon was. And we did actually get to see that when, when, he, when he demonstrated it. Um, to, to, he used both his, his hands to kill Ace Hanlon. So when I, I spoke a few episodes back and I said that the dinner scene is one of my two favorite moments of acting with Gene Hackman, uh, this part coming up is, is definitely number two. He, he tells Court that he's actually excited about facing him. And you can actually see him start to salivate a bit at the thought. And he sucks in his lip as, as if preventing from drooling on himself. It's just a, oh, an awesome touch. You, you can see the sheer glee that he is experiencing. And, and given the character that we've seen, it's a great range for Hackman to, to act this way. It's, it's, it's just beautiful. And this is about the time that Ratsy runs out of time. So we see him still smiling and gleeful and he takes the rifle and he shoots Ratsy and then he just kind of playfully tosses it back to the guard. It's, it's a great moment of charisma and, and, and just really accentuates his acting on, in the scene. So mwah, just chef's kiss in, in regards to that one. He tells Court that he's wanted to fight him ever since he's met him, uh, and it's like an itch he has to scratch. So this goes back to my comparison episodes back of movies like El Dorado, where two of the best, you know, can't stand not knowing who's who's the best. So Herod turns and walks away, and he tells his guards that wh- whatever happens, that they they should kill Court. So Court turns to see all the guards along various roofs of buildings, cocking their rifles. And here's a missed opportunity to have our, our CGI rifle guy um, cocking, cocking his, his uh, uh, rifle. And it doesn't look too promising for Court, even if he is able to beat Herod at his, his own game. So we end our chapter with Court turning to face his destiny and a shot of two guards standing on either side of the clock face. And it's one minute until six. We're, we're approaching the end, folks. Um, if you haven't already... Please, please, please like, share, subscribe, review us, uh, rate us on, on your favorite podcatcher and on social media. Uh, that's the quick, free way to, to make this show bigger and better and get, to get into more ear holes than we, we're currently in. Um, but uh, until we meet again, I uh, always I love you. Take care and support your local podcast.